0: Hello, and welcome to episode thirty of Ribbon of Memes, a podcast where we interrogate films previously described by other human beings. As masterpieces, I am joined as ever by the righteous Roger. Oh. And today there has been no funny intro, um, because I could not do it justice. We are delving into Spike Lee's 19, are we 1989? Yep. Already? 1989 film, Do the Right Thing. Nearly out of the 80s. Nearly out of the, yes, 90s, uh, next episode. Oh no, two episodes time. Um, Yes, so do the right thing. um I think we have something of a disclaimer, Roger. Well, I think it's fair to say
1: we are two really very white and reasonably well off men, yes, and this film is not well it was it was given general release, but it was not made with us in mind, and there's no reason why it should be uh
0: yes, whatever we i I guess that's a good caveat, whatever we have to say about the film, we do not have the life experiences either of growing up. In America, either black or white, or growing up with the kind of disadvantages that come with being uh, not white. So <laughs> I think it's married. fair to
1: say we we do both try not to be racist, you know. But um, and not just to the extent that everybody has to say that these days. It, yeah. But I don't think we always succeed. So any offence we give, apologies in advance. But you know, tell us about it. I, w- I would I would love to we thought about asking some some of our um non-white friends to to guest on this with us and then we thought there's nobody we actually know who is also into film and getting somebody in just because oh well hey you know you're black or you're american yes. would would
0: not feel yeah anyway. yes uh, yeah uh, we uh, we thought about it we've decided to do a, a two-hander regardless um and with those caveats in mind let's uh, let's launch into um, do the right thing. So this is a very young Spike. I always think of Spielberg as young when he directed Jaws in his early thirties in the early thirties. Spike Lee was thirty two for mm-hmm. Do the Right Thing. Um, he'd already directed another couple of films, I I think. Um, so this, he, this does seem to be the one that got a lot of attention mm. for whatever. Well, it was very controversial at the time, which surprises me because I must admit, watching it now, it doesn't. It doesn't feel especially controversial. I can see some moments in it that might have raised some eyebrows, but it doesn't but, feel... I mean,
1: yeah, we're, we're recording this after Black Lives Matter, after George Floyd. Yes. Yes, all right, they haven't saved the world, but they have meant that a story like this is not... It's not a
0: surprising news story. Well, this, it, it struck me, we haven't quite delved into it yet, but I must yeah. say, it struck me a little bit... In Full Metal Jacket, we, there's a moment where he talks about Lee Harvey Oswald, um, the, the drill instructor, um, Arlie Ermey, I've forgotten the character's name, uh, and he talks about a, a mass shooting event, which unfortunately t- had lost, uh, uh, was lost in the annals of my memory from all the other mass shooting Texas events. Texas Belt, our guy. Uh, exactly. Whereas this, we hear about the, was it the Michael Beach incident? And of course, since then, we've had, you know, the very long shadow of Rodney King, we've had Breonna Taylor, we've had George Floyd. The sad thing here is that the names have changed, but the situation doesn't seem to have changed very much at all and thats uh, yeah, and I think that we, we will come back to that when look when looking at the um ending, yes, yes, so. I agree, so well, but uh, uh yeah, it's uh I think you're right, that's why it doesn't feel especially controversial because these are a bit like mass shootings in America, these are of uh, events of white well if we if I don't want to spoil the ending but we will at some point the events of white police violence against black minorities and other minorities are commonplace and you know last year we had a huge I, uh, I, I, I think a
1: lot of people didn't realize just how commonplace it was that that it, you know this is just part of daily life every interaction with the cop if you are the wrong color ethnicity appearance neighborhood is one that is potentially going to lead in your death
0: yes. Uh, and this this film was was three or four years before the event that really brought it to I guess most people in Britain's attention, which would be the Rodney King and the mm, the LA riots certainly all over the news and here, yeah. to some extent the OJ Simpson trial, which uh, followed a little bit, which really brought race to the forefront in, in a way that we perhaps hadn't realised was such an issue. I'm not saying Britain is not a deeply racist country in many areas, but I think we generally don't kill people in the same way. Not, not quite No, usually with poverty and um, institutional racism, but there we go. Let's move on from that. Do the right thing is the story of, uh, not quite a single day. There is a bit of the following day in it, in a single street and the inhabitants in Brooklyn on one of the hottest days of the year. And, um, I would say aside from anything else this film really does get across the feeling of it being the hottest day of the year.
1: Yeah, um I've I've seen a lot of films where where hot weather is regarded as important in some way. Yes. But it's easy to forget and just look at the actors. I mean they they are under ridiculously hot studio lights and air conditioning and whatever you get out of that isn't really going to be anything more than yeah. But unusual. I could never forget it here, and that was lovely.
0: Yes, I mean that. Uh, now you've passed an interesting tip. I thought that was all in the well, not all in the, but I thought the lighting had cast this interesting sheen over it, all this kind of slightly baked orange red glow. But that was that was painted on. Well, they, the,
1: they, the, they lit it as well.
0: Yes, um, I mean th- this was all shot on location, as my understanding. Yes, the, yes. The, the pizza
1: joint is not. You know, we, we pasted in a street scene outside. It's, we actually built a pizza joint
0: on a vacant lot. It was a vacant lot. Add to to, to a... the point where the cast were getting pizzas out of it <coughs> in breaks between filming. God, well, the other thing that surprised me about the God, it really made me want a pizza. That's <laughs> <My dad, laughs> not the message I should have taken from it, but I really do want a pizza. Um, yeah. And similarly, the Korean, uh, shop across the road. I, and I think they were the only two sort of constructed bits yeah. of the
1: set. And the rest they, they, they found relevant. And this is Bedford's Divergent for people who know New York uh at the time it was one of those neighbourhoods you don't go to, I think, right. in, in general white perception. Um and yeah, well there there are two things I I want to spring off that. One is this is I think one of the first examples I've seen of what one might call active palette management. Yeah, you know, they, they colour they, palette, yes. Yeah, yeah. They, they they painted everything in reds and oranges, uh they adjusted the lighting, they adjusted the makeup, yeah, so that the film would come out orange hot. Right. Yes, and it works. And you know that that didn't start in the digital realm until late '90s. I think is the first example. So there, Um, you
0: would. I don't want to be facetious, but there, it's much easier to just sort of slap a tint on everything and maybe sepia coloured or. Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's been discussion. I remember, you know, ten years ago, uh, people were saying, "Why is every film
1: blue and orange?" Right. Yes. Um, and that that you know that combination of you know orange blends well with skin tones, um. And blue is the contrast to that. So you have the orange for home and friendly and things are good and then the
0: blue for things are cold and nasty and unfriendly. Yeah. Now you pointed um, this out to me and that is once you've seen it is impossible to unsee in films from about 10 years ago. And, so.
1: and there's, there's been an article going around in the last week or so as we record, of uh, basically why do, we, why does every film look so drab? And that is essentially another application of the same process. You can desaturate stuff. Um, in- either to make your actors pop more or just for a general mood, or of course both. Yes, yes. So, I ju- just as I am more impressed by a, a model shot that doesn't quite come off than by oh, we did it on the computer. Yes, I, I am more impressed here by yeah, we actually painted the whole damn street.
0: Yeah, <laughs> than well, I am
1: by we 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 told it to go a bit redder on the film.
0: Well, it clearly worked, because that was an utter surprise to me. I thought it was all done with luck. But regard, it's not just a matter of spraying the actors with water so they look like they're sweating. You know, they all, they're all all <laughs> commenting on it. It's relentless throughout the day. And, uh, you know, it's all backed up by the sound, the visual design. Um, and, and I think the point is to make it feel more oppressive. You know, I think it's been documented that you're more likely to have violent incidents in a heat wave than you are in, in the middle of winter. Large and small scale, yeah. I mean, domestic violence goes up. As, yeah. As, as well as riots. Uh, yes, so it's, I, and I think that's, I, I, again, I think maybe the inciting instant, or one of the many inciting incidents for this film was, uh, heatwave related racial violence incident. Yeah, um, I mean, I, th- I think I-
1: I- at each point where someone is making a choice, and yeah, gotta love that title, um Yes. Sometimes there is an obvious right thing to do, sometimes there isn't. What do you mean by right anyway? Well, well we well should come talk back about to that, that, yes. But yes. Um, at each point where somebody's making a choice, they have just that little bit
0: less patience and, and goodwill. It is all informed, right? So uh, the film, um, it starts... I mean, uh, the opening, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, so, actually feel quite... Um, Friendly, brotherly, you know, camaraderie. There's, there's joshing and there's kind of a little bit of tension, but no, it all... There's
1: probably been this much tension every day. Exactly. So,
0: yeah. And it feels like kind of harmless joshing. You know, in, in a similar way, uh, I suppose that you hated the, the kids in M Stand By Me, um, shit talking with each other and just taking the piss out of it. It felt like that kind of level to me of mm-hmm. fairly, if not quite innocent, uh, fairly uh, non-heartfelt. Um, uh, Well, frankly, casual, uh, both racism and um, non-racism, just uh, talking between people of different classes who were very different. Um, And it does a really good job of very slowly just turning the dial on that up through the day with the heat as the background uh, to the point where it is not. I, I mean, in a way, I was expecting an explosive ending, uh, well, I, I, knew, I knew the reputation of the film, so it wasn't a, a shock to me. Perhaps it was shocking on first watching Going Into It Cold. It was less shocking to me, both from the events of history and just from knowing the reputation of the film. So the mm. ending uh, of, um, well, racial, murder, the police murder um it was less of a shock to me it felt to, logically to fair, came to you
1: i think i would call that a police manslaughter is not thinking i want this person dead well, as, as i read it at any rate is thinking i am
0: scared of this person i want him to stop struggling i agree. i think he's still moving i'll i'll squeeze harder the fact that it's somewhat ambiguous because you know the other and again this is the sort of thing that would come up in a <laughs> in a jury really isn't it in a, in a trial um you know, the other policeman clearly recognises that his continued behaviour is going to lead to the death hmm. of, um, of Radio, uh, oh, Rahim. Radio Rahim. Um, uh, but he carries on anyway. So that's where the ambiguity lies. You know, was, was I mean, you would argue that it, it certainly wasn't forethought murder if you think about what is the, uh, why would you? Well, um, I suppose obviously. this is why in some jurisdictions you have degrees of murder and things of that sort. And it,
1: it it's a complicated situation rather than just, you know, I have set out to kill this person I have made obvious large preparations and then I have killed this person that that's easy from a legal point of view.
0: And and I suppose the uh, the, the tragic reality in this film and unfortunately as it seems to be he in still reality I, well, he still Well he's still dead and uh, there seems to be a lower bar for that decision or a lower hurdle. Yeah. For well frankly for black people when you're a police officer in some of these situations and again you know this is very controversial territory but you know the facts remain that this happens more to black minorities than it does to other minorities um, and certainly it happens a lot more than it happens to white people there seems to be something about it's it just a lower bar well to that we, kind of we could we could
1: go on a long thing on the history of race in america mm. um but yeah. I, well,
0: I suppose the problem with discussing this film is because go go, go and do some reading seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the problem with discussing this film is it it incites it, um it asks you to discuss it, you know, the whole point of the film is to it doesn't offer any easy answers. It doesn't it what it shows is what feels like a uh, a slightly fantastical but honestly otherwise fairly realistic portrayal of of what could happen on a very hot day yeah. in a very hot street in a city where there's a lot of racial tension.
1: I, I was brought up, um, and probably what I thought about this era, though I don't remember exactly, with the basic idea that the person who stops the violence is the one in the wrong. Yes. And, and you know, the the correct thing to do as presented to me would have been our guy has been dead, we all walk away. Yeah. And yeah, so the, the right thing to do Is the Martin Luther King thing the the non-violent change thing? Yes. And then, I mean, I don't don't know a whole lot about this bit of history. Or, you know, I do know about redlining. Uh, Yes. Making sure, yeah, this is going to be a poor neighbourhood because we're just going to put all the white people somewhere else because we're not going to approve any black mortgages in the nice places. Uh, Right, yes. Uh, That sort of thing. Um, But... There's also the history of British India, uh, where, you know, th- there were lots of people in the, you know, early 1900s, 10s, 20s, who were saying, we don't necessarily want to go for independence right now, um, but we would like a bit more self-determination, a bit, bit of reform, you know, Indian rule over Indian people, in yeah. effect, and then, yeah, you guys can still be at the top. And each time the British administrators would say, yeah, that's a really good idea, and then they would rotate home and the next guy would never have heard of it. Uh, yes yes and sooner or later you can't help noticing that your problems are not getting better for for all this
0: gradualism that you're doing and then it's a hot day and it pisses you off and, yes well it's um i, there's a, I suppose the danger with this podcast it's very easy to veer off into history um away from the film but but uh, the other thing we uh, i i guess the other difference for us is that we were brought up Oh, I don't know. Coming from a well-off background as a as a white, you know, I was brought up to feel that the police were on my side. They would they mm-hmm. would do the right thing. This generally doesn't survive situation. actually
1: meeting them in my experience. Uh, well,
0: no, even for a, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily work. But you know, when you've been brought up as you say, where your every interaction with the police comes with a risk of dying then um that gives you a very different perspective on the guardians of mm. your so um going back to the um the film as i say it's it's very good um uh, uh I, you know the early interaction with the police actually early on in the film and this with is the, where they the turn hydrant. the fire hydrant on yep. it, it almost seems like they're on the for a moment it almost seems like they're on the side of the uh, the black community you know well, i think everybody has a bit of goodwill yeah yeah the, these but, are the... but it gets burned off by the heat <laughs> Yes, exactly. I mean, these are the same police officers that will come back later in the film, but here they are. You know, you you can wave a match under a piece of paper and not
1: set fire to it. But if that piece of paper is already pretty damn hot, (laughs) your your
0: margin is less. It doesn't have enough time to cool down between passes of the match. Should we have a a, a talk of some of the performances? I mean, I was surprised how many actors I recognised here Um, I knew that um, Samuel L. Jackson was in. Before in Before he got
1: that other middle name.
0: Uh, sorry, Samuel Jackson at that point. No, no, no,
1: before he got the one, the MF
0: middle name. Oh, that middle name. Because <laughs> that's five years after this. <laughs> um, that was, um, yeah, 94 was Pulp Fiction, wasn't it? Um, uh, I suppose he had Jurassic Park as his other big film before then, but he largely kind of forgotten it. Yeah, it's
1: certainly regarded as early career. Um, but...
0: I mean, he, he's very good. And he's very different to, well, I mean, he's, he's often very different, Samuel. He, he, but he's not playing up to the, as you say, he's not the Samuel MF Jackson. Consequently, he's free of some of that baggage and is, is he, he's
1: basically the Greek chorus. So
0: uh, yeah. So. I mean, he's, he's an interesting background character. He doesn't have a lot to do. He never, I don't think he even ever steps out of his radio mm-hmm. studio. We have, um, Spike Lee as one of the very prominent characters, Mookie. Um, Yeah, I I, I looked at some contemporary reviews and the the general feeling
1: was that in in his previous um, work, he had been unimpressive as an actor, but here he pretty much carried it off.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think there's better performances than Spike Lee's here, but he gets the credit from getting those performances out. And he is, hmm. he's he's no Quentin Tarantino in his own film, let's put it (laughs) that way. He is convincing. And I suppose the moral, uh, the the moral centre of the film almost revolves around, he's seen to be um you know he works in in sales in the the sort of one of the sole non-black communities in the film um this is also one family. of the two businesses on this block one of the two businesses neither of which are run by uh black people mm-hmm. um so he's there is some uh joshing i think from the black community not a lot early in the film um that he is is kind of allied or at least in with the white people, but there's not really any suggestion that there is a huge no no overt racial tension. Um, but he's he's the interesting character in that he is on that side, um, but he also incites the property damage at the end of the film, which kind of pales into significance compared to, to what the police have just done. I, it's a is he the well? One? Now that's a thing in itself. Um,
1: Spike Lee, he, he said on his, his commentary um, some years later, that a lot of white people say, is, "Is that a reasonable reaction by him?" No black people ever ask him that because you know, property damage and murder violence are of different orders. T- yes, yeah. <laughs> well, that, uh- except in capitalism, of course.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, one can lead to, it. but again, similarly, the LA riots felt like that, you know, that it was all about the property damage and not about, uh, the violence that incited it. But of course, that was what got on the news. Uh, yes. And you, you can just see what the news stories about this would be like, similarly. In fact, don't they do a news story, um, yeah. uh, uh, which talks about, it doesn't mention uh, Regia Raheem at all, but talks about the the, the tremendous property damage that's occurred. To and it is—I uh, certainly remember uh, one of the few things I do remember out the British news coverage of the
1: LA riots, which was presumably imported from the US uh TV stations, whatever. Oh, they—they they made a point about saying, you know, these black people are burning black-owned businesses. Gosh, how terrible! I'm, I... su- I'm sure they really wanted to stop and check in 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 the violence. I, I think in, I should... in the mob.
0: I... A huge amount of the Korean community, god damn it. Anyway, but that is there. Um, it's interesting. I, in a way, though, I will, in the defense of that reaction, in, in a way, we, the, the film is set up to give us, I would argue, more of an emotional connection with Sal's pizza place. We know where it's come from. We know how hard won mm. it has. Um, than we have with Radio Raheem, who, uh. It's a nuisance. He's a nuisance. <laughs> he's an anti character the whole way through. Um, and he does you know initiate the problem uh i I mean he's not the cause of the you know the very deep underlying problem, but this particular incident you could argue he incites mm. and he in no way deserves what happens to him, but I think that might be at least some reason why there's a slight reaction there you know you understand what it means when Sal stands there watching the pizzeria burn to the ground oh radio raheem we don't know much about we don't mm-hmm. we don't have it he, he comes out of nowhere why does he do it that like that we don't know exactly That's his but, thing. similarly he's a human being and the fact mm-hmm. that we don't know about his motivation it doesn't mean that he doesn't have them um whereas house area is a building um and he will get the insurance money back which you can't bring radio raheem back um so, uh,
1: sorry, yeah. I got sidetracked. From well, the if ones. we're talking about performances, I mean, Danny Aiello does a pretty darn good job here, but
0: I cannot help but think he tried to get De Niro for this guy. Uh, I, he did try and get De Niro, didn't he? I, I think I, I'm i glad it's Danny Aiello. I, I, I would have found De Niro distracting, I think, just because of who he is. Um, I think he does a really good job. I, I think his acting is very good. I I I wouldn't fault it at all. I I don't feel like I need I'm not thinking, Oh, I wish there was another actor here. I, I think he does a really mm. good job. Um we also have um John Turturro. Um I'm I never good at Yeah, he's really just a name to me. He's not an actor I associate with any particular role. I suppose for me I'm a big fan of the Cohen's, um and so he cropped up a lot in uh, later Cohen Brother mm-hmm. films. Um principally um Barton Fink, but he's also he has one of the greatest cameos of all time in The Big Lebowski. <laughs> um, so um, anyway, I won't too But he, uh, um, I mean, John Stewart is one of those actors um, that I think is one of the definitions of your, uh, you're like, oh, it's him. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I, he's always very different. And yep. here he's a, uh, a racist asshole. But he's also, you know, a human. Um, all of these characters are well drawn. Um, in a funny way, with one of the exceptions being Radio Raheem, because all of the characters, uh, black and white, are, are given a fair stint. I think we learn a lot about now. Um, John Turturro, which brings me on to—he is the most overtly racist of all the characters in it. Mm. Um, possibly with the exception of um, Giancarlo Esposito's character, His name I've forgotten. Bugs. Um. The, the mm. one who's organising the boycott. Uh, but he's the most overtly racist. Uh, and it brings me on to the thing that I think maybe this was a controversial scene, which is basically we have a breaking of the fourth wall, which happens a couple of times in the film. Uh, but basically we, we have racial, the, the deep underlying racial epithets mm. and racism that all the characters feel just spouted at us for several minutes, direct to camera. Mm. Um, I didn't find that particularly show- I, I think it- I think it- the film benefits from it, that what it's showing is, you know, however these characters are behaving, this is-
1: I- I think they were in more current- common currency then than they are now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was still a little eyebrow raising, but not very, in, in the- in the circle I
0: moved in at least. Yes, I agree, uh, I, but it does a really good job of showing to some extent what's going on under the surface, under the surface without really any conscious thought. These characters are just it's just bubbling away underneath but, but all also, the time.
1: If if you feel you're losing an argument, here's a fallback for you. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, and so to me that didn't feel like a controversial scene. I wonder if that was one of the things that was was thought of as unnecessary um and controversial. But I I think the film benefits from it. Um so yeah, John Turturro, Um the the um then we have, um, I mean, there's a, we have, um, I wanted to, uh, shout out to, um, Ozzie Davis and Ruby D as, um, the mm-hmm. and, um, mother sister, because they were a, a couple, an acting couple who mm-hmm. had been very involved in activism early in their lives, in, uh, black activism, um, or civil rights activism would be a better way of putting it. And, and here they're, I think they're great in it. I think they're really, the the film does a good job of a, finding sweetness and humour in in areas that you would... I mean, he is um, a fairly useless drunk. She's, it's quite an aloof just sort of watcher of the events. But they're, they're, it's very sweet when they come together, albeit slightly. I think mm. that the, sweet and the, the warmth okay, of their it, relationship... Okay, it is a bit, across. as we've been saying, of a save-the-cat moment when he gets to do the thing. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did want to shout out the save-the-cat moment. But it's... They're believable characters, and you believe this man has this in him to do that. It doesn't feel... You also believe he's got a pretty tragic past. So I I think their performances were great. Mm.
1: Understated, I think, is the word word I'd use.
0: Yeah, I mean, they knew what they were doing. They were comfortable with each other. They probably didn't... Convey a thing with a tilt of a shoulder or the lift of an eyebrow. And then we have the three black guys on the the chairs, uh, just Mm -hmm. sitting, commenting on everything, including the fantastically named... Is it sweet Sweet... Dick Willie, um, mm. I, I just and I love the way that, that again. I suppose it's hard to bring out all the performances because it is such an ensemble cast um, that. Well, rock-
1: I, I think the the thing that I got from this trying trying to put myself into into a more uh, contemporaneous frame of mind, yes, is the image of. You know what the neighbourhood you don't want to go to is like. Yes, was very much. You know, it's constantly you know gangs and gunfights and all this stuff. And what what they're showing you here is th- this. This may well be a decaying inner city, but it is also a community. It's got yeah. people who have to live here. A and community. They, they are trying. They are trying to. You know, they're not trying to make it worse. There's some of them trying to make it better.
0: Yeah, they they're aware of the situation, and I think community is the first. As I say, the first half of the film, the first third at least, the, the word community sort of really runs through. It feels like a, a fairly nice story about the community. When, they're rubbing along. There's a bit of friction. But, yeah.
1: yeah. And then does it, <coughs> If you yeah. asked any of these guys uh, when they got up, are you, are you planning to commit major violence this evening? They would have said no. Uh, no more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. It's a normal day that with it's almost no propagation, very little propagation escalates to this... Level. one provocation at a time one provocation at a time and then this external force comes in destroys the community um yeah uh, i i did want to mention rosie perez as tina um uh, and this is one of the slight controversy the, the 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 scene where she is naked was extremely uncomfortable for her and hmm. feels a little exploitative and unnecessary or it could have been done I, slightly gratuitous. You know, we have a pretty. Yeah, obvious... and
1: for that matter, the the introduction, which is, seems, says to me, this is, you know, this is lots of pretty white women dancing. This is an eighties music video.
0: Uh Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's trying to undercut that or quite what it. I mean, it's doing that to. I mean, I, hip- I,
1: I have heard, and and I emphasise this is hearsay, but I have heard a lot of black women saying, that this this black culture that that are, that the men folk are so proud of doesn't really have a lot of place for women as anything other than baby makers and prizes. Yes, so you know, I I don't. Spike Lee had previously made she's got to have it, which which has a lead female character, uh, which I haven't seen. Yes,
0: uh, but it, it, it's at least a thing that has been pointed at by people other than us. I think, yeah, we are extremely unqualified to do it, but I think it's fair to point racism and sexism are different things, are sometimes uneasy bedfellows, um, particularly with activism and civil rights (laughs) activism and sexism.
1: Well, yeah, I I came up with intersectionality before it was cool. Um, It it does... I mean, I can't help thinking about the Marxist analysis of this situation, which is basically going to say, yes, the Italians and blacks are supposed to hate each other because then they don't hate the guy on
0: top pushing them down. Yes, yeah. Uh, And the Koreans and the Puerto Ricans and the Jews... (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, that is a classic divide and conquer manoeuvre, isn't it? Uh, How much of that is by design and how much is just the weight of history and the weight of culture? You know, I think a lot of it is not. It may have started that way. And, And, you know, getting very deep on it, I suppose humanity as a species, we have a kind of an inherent tribalism, which is probably a survival tactic evolution. I'll turn it over to the woodlice. <laughs> I like woodlice. <laughs> um but that again this film kind of gets you to go a bit it, it invites you to go deeper and, and wider mm. uh, in a lot of ways, which is why we keep spring off on tangents.
1: Well I, also um...
0: Um, this, this is a film I, I
1: mostly very much like, but where I did think it got a bit heavy-handed is the small-scale stuff. The big-picture stuff is great, and we've been talking yes. about the big-picture stuff. Yes, When it's the that small, immediate, you know, Sal in the pizzeria being casually racist, it feels... It's not unrealistic, I can't say it's unrealistic, but it feels as if it's less the person and more, this is what this sort of person does. I, Which to me just came over as, and, and there's an awful lot of just generic male posturing on both sides.
0: I agree. I, maybe I d- alluded to it and I wondered why I said it, I suppose, as soon as I said it, when I said it was slightly fantastical. And I suppose what I mean by that is there are some performances, partially there was some fourth wall breaking. Um, and partially there's some performances that, yeah, feel a little theatrical in places and a little, um, yeah, this is, to underline a point. And a lot of it gets a lot of it gets right. A lot of it's people just going about their day. But there are points, um, as you say, Sal the friction between Sal and Mookie in the Pizza area which which becomes um uh, which almost comes out of nowhere and, and feels slightly unrealistic. Uh, and clearly in in another film they he could have been the father figure thing. Exactly, yeah, and he almost is up until that point. And I think it almost feels designed to undercut that. I don't know, there's slight niggles to me, because I, I, I did, I, a lot of films, that, a lot of films that we've watched here have left me slightly cold and detached. I would say, do the right thing. It drew me in. I like the characters. I like the situation. I felt interested. I did not feel pushed away because I'm a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> bluntly, mm. I, I felt brought into the community and interested yeah, in it and the, invested the, the, uh, in it.
1: One of the other contemporaneous reactions was. Oh no, if the black people see this, they're going to riot. Oh, God, to which yes. my, my somewhat belated answer was, if the black people don't already know this, they've
0: been paying attention. Ex- yes, ex- <laughs> that's um, well that's um, going back to the O.J. Simpson. right, you know, the defence, um, uh, the prosecution for the defence tried to argue away the use of the N-word in the trial because if a black jury heard that, they would not be able to see beyond race, would not be able to think rationally there are many things that went wrong with the OJ Sims trial but that is um uh you know that is similar thinking really that yeah, they are not it
1: should have been so easy you know here is a man with a history of domestic violence and here is a woman who's been killed by a method associated with that man's previous history of domestic violence it shouldn't be hard and yes well, it was <laughs> well it
0: was because in many ways it was revenge for rodney king yeah, and um yeah. uh, it's just uh, you know uh, uh, I will say yeah. of all the people who should be the recipient of righteous uh, right black anger probably you know, A.J. Simpson wasn't as deserving of it as <laughs> someone but um let's move on from that yeah. um, so filmed or as we said actually on location
1: um yes they there was a slight difficulty in filming because the local crack dealers complained about the disruption to trade <laughs> so you know this this is not quite the, the perfect thing that it's like to, likely to portray but yeah uh, so so uh, Spike Lee hired the Fruit of Islam, the uh, Nation of Islam's, uh can, can one say paramilitary anymore, basically the, the, the heavies the Nation of The, the, Nation the, of the Islam. heavies from the Nation of Islam. Okay, what, to protect the uh, actors? Uh, to, uh, basically for security for the site and the filming in general, yeah.
0: I did So, the pizzeria... P- I always have a weird pronunciation with it. Is it pizzeria? Pizzeria? Pizzeria. Pizzeria. I don't know why I say pizzeria. I will almost certainly continue to do that. But it was a working <laughs> uh, shop. I did... I don't know if I was... Uh, I felt like the white characters, the black characters, were all well-drawn, fleshed-out, interesting characters, for the most part. The Koreans, I felt... Well, got they don't get much short. time. They don't get much time. I did, almost... I don't know. Maybe I misread. I almost felt... uh I mean, there obviously was racism within the film to the Korean characters. Yeah, but,
1: but also why can these guys six months off the boat have a shop where there are no black owned businesses here? Yeah. And we've been here for years.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's nice that they're actually discussing that. Is that like, is that us? Is that them? What's going on? Are they either? I, it was, but I did feel the Koreans didn't get much of a, uh, mm. a part. In fact, the the biggest speaking role they have is, is basically when they're, um, spouting the racial ep- epithets, uh, at the screen. But that said, it was a film with many characters. I, I suppose the main characters are Mookie and Sal. I think that's fair to say, isn't yeah, it? They're, they're I think the, so. And it, it's about their relationship. I did wanna that they um the final scene oh, they they've got these separate halos surrounding them that, that intersect less well. Yes.
1: And when they do intersect there's a problem.
0: Yes, and you almost feel like, oh, these, it's presented almost like these are characters that have come together and he's almost a father. And you you could look at it as a radicalisation as well. I mean,
1: all Mookie wants is to deliver the damn pizza, man.
0: Uh, Yes, even though, I mean, by an object, objectively he is a terrible employee. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I really like the final scene afterwards uh, with Mookie and Sal on the, on the pavement and they're talking about pay. I just thought it was really well. I felt like other films would have made that a reconciliation scene and mm. given it Well, novel-
1: Spike Lee did originally plan to have it a bit more friendly, a bit more like um some of some of the earlier conversations, right? Yeah, uh, and he was persuaded. I can't remember the name. A reasonably well-known black writer said,
0: "Yeah, you could, but this is just going to feel too cutesy and twee, more or less." I think it well. I think it's good because a lot of well, it sounds like Spike Lee himself would have given you some hope at the end of that. But really, you just it doesn't really give you. It just gives you a sense of, ugh, oh, this is the situation we're in. That that scene at the end where he's like throwing the money at him, Mookie's offended but still takes the money. That uh, there's no, there's no reconciliation to speak of. I mean, they'll agree to speak again, I suppose, and won't hit each other. Onto.
1: Well, Sal's probably never going to come back. Isn't well, that's so. it. I
0: mean, that is the end of uh, of Sal's life's work. Um, well,
1: whether there's insurance money or not, he's, he's, even if
0: he does set up another place, it's not going to be here. Exactly. We don't see much of the aftermath of Radio Raheem. We don't know who was dear to him. We don't know what Mm -hmm. it means. And so I suppose that's another way. You know, we get sort of a sense of closure, at least what's going to happen to Sal and his family. And we don't really understand quite what's happened to Radio Raheem, where he's come from uh, and who's going to miss him. Um, and, And maybe the film could have played that up a bit more. And I think that might be why perhaps you react a bit more to the pizza place in some ways. Uh again, I'm not excusing it. But regardless, that's a really nice scene that I think yeah, I, I think it's almost pivotal to the film that it, it ends on a if not quite a downer, yeah, a kind of as I say, a kind of uh here we are then. Um yeah. and I think Tomorrow is not gonna be like today. Uh but unfortunately tomorrow has been like today too many times. Uh Oh no,
1: I don't I don't mean that there's there's a hope for the future, I mean that okay, now we still have the street and now we don't have the pizza place anymore. Now what are we are going to do? Exactly, right, fruit? yes.
0: Tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, <we're> gonna, <laughs> tomorrow is going to be worse than today. Um, uh, yeah, and the sad thing, and I suppose looking into this film, uh, the nature of where we are in Ribbon of Memes, a lot of the films we look at articles for are kind of 30-year retrospectives at the minute, or 35 mm-hmm. or 40-year. Um, and almost all the articles I looked at, which I would agree with, calling it a timeless classic and the reason they're calling it timeless is because frankly almost nothing has changed um, in race relations uh, perhaps we're a bit more conscious about what we say uh, and perhaps we try and be a bit more conscious about our thought but the, these things keep happening they keep happening specifically in America um and it's well they're different here I and mean, there have there have been um films and particularly
1: TV made about the the black experience in the uk But I'm
0: slightly ashamed to say I can't think of any offhand. Well, one of the problems—it's not a thing that I have to care about. Well, that's—I think one of the problems, in a way, watching this kind of stuff in Britain is, then it is easy to think it's over there. God, look at the problems they have Mm -hmm. with race. Thank God we don't live in a racist country. Um, And that is utterly untrue. And when when
1: somebody says that this is a racist country, all all
0: the um, fluttering, fluttering feathers get terribly outraged. Exactly, yeah. And when reports come out, I, I, oh, I don't want to go into the history of racism. Partially because, yeah, like you, Roger, I'm I'm less aware of it. I, a good place to start is why I'm no longer talking to white people about race, um, which, which does mm-hmm. have a good potted summary of racism in Britain. But I, I think that is a danger, not in America, but watching it in other countries and feeling like, Phew, thank goodness that's not ours. Um, I suppose we can think that about mass shootings, and at least we don't have the... Gun violence issues um, mm-hmm. yet, and hopefully not ever, that, that there are in America. But, uh, yeah, it's... uh I, um, I, Overall, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't even say it was a hard watch, and that's a sad thing. As I say, a lot of people describe it as a timeless classic. Well, the,
1: the thing I find particularly difficult to watch in film is this sense of gradually building tension. And yes. Lee does that very well.
0: Yes, but it's a thing I personally find hard to watch, much, okay. much
1: more than the catharsis.
0: Yes. It's almost, in a way, maybe that flashes back to your, uh, you know, we were talking in Platoon, that you got the sense that, you know, the wor- the very worst hell was wandering through the jungle waiting for the ambush. Mm-hmm. And when the ambush happened, it's almost a relief. Really, I remember from my days on call, I <laughs> I found it much more stressful yeah. being on call than actually getting called out. Um yeah, the, the the tension here, I, I suppose in a way I was expecting that and, and the film delivered it and that's a different thing's going into this film cold. Uh I but I like the characters, I enjoy, I thought it was well told. It was less um impenetrable. I, I thought this might be a film that came from a culture that I was less aware of and I would find it harder to settle in with the characters. But it does a good job of making them all human, recognizably human, so you've got a lot of touchstones. Um, you know, even if the music isn't yours, uh, I mean, it's, it's a terrible way of putting it, but even if the, the cultural touchstones are not there for you, y- you understand these are people and where they're coming from and, and you never really question yeah. their motivation. I mean, as, as
1: white men, uh, an awful lot of entertainment is aimed at us. I mean, yeah. we're, no, we're no longer white men 18 to 24. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, so as far as I'm concerned, there's so much stuff that is aimed directly at what filmmakers think people like me are like. Yes. Careful careful phrasing there. Yes. That I cannot find it in me to object when a, when a film is made for
0: somebody else. I mean, why the hell should I? Exa- yes. I, some absolutely. some people get terribly offended by
1: this, but no, no.
0: Yeah, well, I, I'm still a little com- a little confused as to the, to the controversies of this film. It, it doesn't feel controversial to me. It feels like a sad statement to, uh, of fact. And that, I suppose that's where I come to, that it is, it was true then, it's sadly just as true now. And I, in maybe slightly different ways, but yeah. I mean, the film ends with two contrasting quotes. I don't know how, you know, we have the Martin, basically Martin Luther King's philosophy versus Malcolm X's philosophy. It finishes with Malcolm X. I don't, they had to be in some order. I don't know. I don't know if the film is trying to say it. The film doesn't come across as having easy answers or easy terms. Well, did Mookie do the right thing when he threw that garbage bin? Do you think
1: that's what the... I I, I think that's one of the things the title is is saying. Was that the right thing to do? Well, in in an external uh, dispassionate view, obviously not. It means there is no more pizza place. He's got no more job. But... Do we that's do we at least out of the context, understand isn't... why, in the moment, it might have seemed like the only thing to do?
0: It's funny that, and, and I
1: think that I think the film does provide that. Yes, Even, I mean I am not in general an enthusiast enthusiast for property violence, but I, you know, show me this film and then then put put Mookie up, put Mookie in the dock for throwing the bin, and I might say, well, yeah, at least I can understand you... why he did it.
0: Uh, I suppose you're not, like, screaming at the film, no, Mookie, what are you doing? I, but it's interesting that that becomes... And I, I agree, I think the film kind of frames that moment as kind of a moral moment for Mookie, a, a moral turning... Well, it's, and, it's, and if he doesn't do it, is he betraying his community? Exactly, you know, he's surrounded Absolutely. by uh, the the rest of his community, being um, it's interesting that becomes the moral centre, not the moment when Radio Rahim is throttled to death by a cop's nightstick. Well, I think that's
1: very clearly not a right thing to do.
0: Yeah, I, I, but I... Uh, but, so, you know, it doesn't... Yeah, I suppose that is not, yeah, that's pretty... And once that's happened,
1: all the cops can do, and, you know, that, I, d- I don't mean this as this is just what their training says, the only thing they can do if they don't want to be torn apart by the mob is get out of there.
0: Yes, yeah. I think it does a nice thing as well of, um... I, it feels a little unreal and almost like, I, as I think it would in real life, did this, did this just happen? What is, did, how, what? I, it's, there's a moment of confusion. I, mean, I I think
1: we can both say on a professional basis, it's awfully easy to
0: end a life accidentally. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> but yes, it's, uh, I, it, it's, uh, I, it feels like that's the center of the film. And I don't, I don't think the film is trying to tell you the right thing, uh, it's, it's an interesting title for the film because it's pro- provocative, isn't it? It's do the right thing, and then you're you're basically shown a string of people not doing the right thing over the course of a day, slowly and understandably. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a really good film. I mean, we've talked almost more about civil rights and outside of the film than we have the film. That's, that's I, I, I don't of the think film Spike it. would mind. No, well, I think that's <laughs> the whole point of the film. I mean, like, um. I, we've talked before about, you know, we've often enjoyed... The, the films we've enjoyed have had two-dimensional characters, the, which has worked fine for the film and the time. These characters, I do feel, are all given a bit more depth and believability. They're all flawed. They're all human. They are more than just our standard two-dimensional uh, characters that we have. And consequent, the, the consequence of that is the story it tells is muddier uh, and harder to pass but also much more understandable with what happens it, it in life. It feels
1: like a real people sort of story. Exactly. Yeah? yeah,
0: and I, I think it's well done. But in ways that other artsy films, I don't know, haven't really. In Paris, Texas, I found gripping and interesting, but they I don't know if they felt like really realistic characters, honestly. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Some, some of these people, or most of these people, you could argue, are, are essentially archetypes. Sal
1: is not just this guy. He's also the general, the one-step-up immigrant ladder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember when it, when this was all Italian, as far as the eye could see. He probably does. He's from the old enough. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, and then they they moved out, and, and the black folks moved in, um, particularly after the Second World War. Yes. Because uh, there was a lot of engineering work, and, and a lot of them came to for, for the war factory stuff.
0: Right. Okay. And of course,
1: from from the two thousands onward, it got gentrified. Uh, right. Which is a whole separate argument. Well, that's <laughs> a good thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's about fifty fifty black and white now. I gather. Right. Since, uh, but it's, to get back to my actual point, yeah. <laughs>
0: sorry. There we go, he's spiraling off into history again.
1: <laughs> he's, um, yeah, he, he is both the individual and the archetype. Yeah. And it's, it's an effective blending, which I think a, f- a film that just tries to say, you know, this is the director, the man, the yeah. whatever doesn't try to do. And it works very well for me. It, it, it keeps him grounded
0: at the same time as he's saying the things that the guys like that will say. And similarly, you know, Mookie, I mean, as you say, undercuts his father figure, because he is kind of a father figure, but it undercuts that. And similarly, Mookie is, uh, this kind of, um, in many ways, you know, he's, he's the kid who's making it. He's, he's working for the. Well, he recognizes it's a dead end job. He does, but he, and, and he's, he's smart, but also he is a terrible employee. You know, he's very lazy. He does all the things. That, and They're all recognizably human. Mookie is deeply flawed. Sal is deeply flawed. Um, their flaws lead to problems later in the film in a believable way. It's a very, well, uh, it's not going to be one of my, you know, I'm not going to watch it again and again Um because it's... I, uh, I can see it coming up the list sooner than Paris, Texas. Well, yeah, and, and, and it's funny we mentioned Paris, Texas, that of all the sort of artsy um and less, basically non-genre films we've watched, that had probably the most haunting visuals and comes mm. back to me more often than some of the others we've talked about. But I think do the right thing is probably that one of the most realistic films we've seen uh, I, it's funny because I talked about it slightly fine. the, the moments where it breaks the realism, because it is uh, more realistic, feel a bit more theatrical and a bit more false in a but way also that, maybe,
1: maybe that's the way it might feel if you were there in the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're, again, we're less qualified to judge this film than, well, we're not qualified to judge any film, <laughs> but particularly <laughs> less qualified to judge this one. But, uh, well, should we, do you have more to say? Should we go into it? Is it a masterpiece? <sighs> I think so. Yeah. It, it's flawed. Yes. But it's a damn good film. It is. I mean, we have been talking, as I say, we've been talking more about other things than the film, and that's a direct consequence of the film not giving you any easy answers, and so you have to look elsewhere for it. Um, yeah it's a it's (sighs) i i mean one of the things we say is has this been influential has has it been imitated Ugh, i mean it's hard because life has almost imitated i'm not in any way suggesting this film has had any indication uh, any provocation of violence or riots it just it was a reflection of reality and that reality is still going on and in some ways that's why it feels familiar territory even though i've never seen this film before um so it was it was influential it was a good you know the purpose of art is to hold up a mirror mirror to reality well this one is a pretty good mirror of our reality mm-hmm. as it was in the uh the late 80s as it still is now you know the, the black lives matter movement uh, does not uh, sadly it still feels much to say it's got as much to say to us now as it did yeah. 30 years ago 33 years ago um uh, is it a masterpiece? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it is. I, I, it's very different to a lot of the other films we've seen. It will stay with me. Uh, I feel like mm. it told me something about race. It's probably nothing I didn't already know, but it puts it in a context, in a realism that makes you understand. And if we can't understand how other people feel, that's how we get racism in the first place. So I think films like this are important. For everyone, really, to, to understand how these things happen. I, it's a really good film. Yeah. and yeah. N- not, not a hard watch for me. Um, yeah. I, I very, so good. if
1: we move on to the box office and awards for the year.
0: Yes, yes. Let's not be too, uh, too because there's a, there's
1: a direct con- connection here, which is that this didn't get any Oscar nominations. It
0: got some, it didn't get any nominations. I thought it was a I screenplay think, um, nomination, be,
1: perhaps. Um, it certainly didn't win any Oscars, did it? And, uh, whereas, Look, looking at the, award, the awards more, more broadly, um, tr- Driving Miss Daisy, that's all over the place. Uh,
0: driving Miss Daisy is Comf- uncomfortable watching. racism getting fixed. Uh, and everything gets fixed. Exactly, I mean, that is almost a very... Anti- that is a slap in the face for Do the Right <laughs> Thing. Um, I haven't actually seen Driving Miss Daisy, but I, uh, I'm aware it has not aged well. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, unlike Do the Right Thing, which feels contemporaneous.
1: So I mean we wouldn't expect this film to be in the top 10 box office
0: um though I think it did reasonably well P- pretty darn well actually. Uh it certainly made it was one of those films actually we've talked about a few times with diners I I think it cemented Spike Lee's reputation as well as um a, a lot of the actors uh went on to yeah, it was um Martin yeah. Lawrence's uh, first Oh uh,
1: also a medium sized pile of money. Yeah, exactly. Oh, on,
0: on a pretty tiny budget. So, so, from influential, from that score, it certainly worked for a lot of the actors.
1: Okay, so, let's just have a look. One, two, three. Okay, four, five. Depending, I'm, I'm just looking at my sequel question here. Looking at the top ten. Yeah. Uh, so, number ten, oh, born on the 4th of July.
0: Uh, it's not quite a sequel, but, um, that's a very good film, mate. I, I don't, I think we've done Vietnam enough <laughs> that yeah. we won't revisit it.
1: Uh, number nine, uh, The Little Mermaid, Disney.
0: Oh, I've seen it 138,000 times because <laughs> I have small children. The, the Disney animation for the year.
1: Uh, number eight, Ghostbusters 2. Uh, yes. Uh, the well, canonical, uh,
0: not very good sequel
1: that does the same again. The, the this is why Sigourney Weaver didn't like coming back for sequels, but sadly, Aidean said, had lowered her defenses. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's less terrible than you think. I'm going to say that. Uh, number seven, Honey, I shrunk the kids. Disney. Family comedy, inoffensive. Oh, right, yeah, that spawned a lot of sequels. Yeah, though, was it, was it planned? Probably. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, number six, Lethal Weapon 2. Right. Uh, number five, Dead Poets Society, which I have never seen, but I really don't want to from what well, i read about it. It's you kind not of have, because
0: it's Good Morning Vietnam only set in the school. <laughs> 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 it's the same plot as that. Uh, number four, Look Who's Talking, uh, which got sequels, Oh but, my
1: goodness. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh. L- less uh, said about that, the better. Uh, it? number three, Back to the Future Part Two, which oh. we won't, won't talk about now for other reasons. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, number two, Batman. The Tim Burton Batman. Yeah. Which, I, I had some time for. You know, this was a time when there hadn't been 138,000 stories told about the same character who is mm-hmm. fictional. Oh, he's a fictional character. I don't think there's much more to say about the guy, but we have a new film coming out this week.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to feel the same way. You know, There are an awful lot of characters out there who haven't had films
0: made about, about Yeah. Them. This uh, would be the third, fourth, fifth, I don't know what iteration of Batman it is. He's not that interesting a character. Just read The Killing Joke instead and then give up. Or
1: watch the Adam West TV series. Or watch the Adam West Which, TV. Which, I mean, yes, it's comedy, but I have a lot of time for it. There's, there's, there's real... Drama there as well. to entertaining. It's
0: very good. It's very good. That, that said, of all of many of the many recent iterations of Batman, Tim Burton's Batman is one of the best. So, yeah, if not the best. Uh, and number
1: one, Indiana Jones is the Last Crusade.
0: Oh, we, we'd slightly differ on that, but to me, that is the pinnacle of Indiana Jones. It's it's turned up to eleven, but it does it all very well. We have
1: reached peak
0: Jones. <laughs> we have. <laughs> we have. Um, well, it was never. Quite as good after that. but well, there was only one film after that. But well, there will, <laughs> we will at some point, uh, be joined by the then octogenarian Dr. Oh, Jones. Harrison, you belong in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, you don't see many 80 year old female acting heroes, do you? But there we go. Let's not, mm. let's not dwell on that. That is a slightly depressed, well, Less depressing than I found in the 88 box office, let's put it that way. Yeah, but still um, a whole bunch of either seek me a four 4 sequels out of that lot. This was a time, I think, when I'd gone through watching everything I enjoyed and started to realise there were films that weren't that great in the cinema, and I was starting <laughs> to feel I needed to be a bit more discerning. Shortly after this, I became a student and stopped being discerning again. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty
1: sure I saw Indian Batman in, in the... Uh cinema. Ghostbusters 2, I don't think so. I, I thought you said
0: have. Indian Batman then. I thought that was a take on the character they haven't particularly no, no, seen. No, before. no,
1: this is a little-known um, copyright violation film, like Turkish Star Wars. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw Indian. If I, uh, I I sort of stopped going to the cinema for a while until... I, I think I, this will be a, a fallow period for me until... 94, or oh, was it Pulp Fiction? 94. That then, yeah. That blew me away in the cinema. I, I suspect we would be covering that. Let's come way. back and look at it. Okay. Well, I think that brings us to the end um, of Ribbon of Memes. episode. We've made it to 30. Yay. Yay, our 30. <laughs> We're going to have a 30-year retrospective soon. 30-episode retrospective. Soon. Um, Half a um, year, at least. That almost brings the 80s to the close. We're going to have one... Uh, crowd pleaser episode. Mm-hmm. Or at least, um, Roger and Nick pleaser episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we will, uh, break into the nineties. And for that, uh, from there, goodbye.